Hey friends, welcome back to another episode of My Weekly Epiphany, where we discuss and share the epiphanies that come from our personal journeys, as well as the epiphanies that are sparked by current events. We explore various topics from dating and pop culture to social justice issues and simply navigating our everyday lives and sharing what epiphanies arise from it. I'm the creator and host, Bethany Epiphany, and it is my pleasure to welcome you back. Hop up out the bed, turn my swag on, take a look in the mirror, say what's up, what's up, what's up, yeah, I'm getting money, oh, hop up out the bed, turn my swag on, take a look in the mirror, say what's up, what's up, what's up, <laughs> what's poppin' friends, how are you? Welcome back to another episode of My Weekly Epiphany. My name is Bethany Epiphany, and I am your host. I'm so happy that you are back. So we are going to begin this episode by simply talking about what's been going on with me this week. Well, newsflash, friends, ain't nothing going on because (laughs) we're in the middle of a pandemic. However, I have been experiencing the same heat wave that you all have been experiencing. It is hot as hell. I am melting, y'all. As a matter of fact, y'all might hear noise from outside because I just refuse to close my window. Like, ain't nobody got time for that. Like, I love y'all, but... I'm not about to be sitting up here talking to y'all dripping sweat like it's just not cute but I hope that all of you are doing your best to stay cool. Now for today um, my epiphany was sparked by a viral moment that happened with Selah Marley. Now, for those who don't know, Ceylon Marley is the daughter of the famous, the incomparable artist, singer, rapper, Lauren Hill. And Selah's dad is Rohan Marley, the son of Bob Marley. So Selah goes on IG Live for two hours, mind you. And she talks about very personal family issues. Her IG Live, I believe, was fueled by an argument that she had with her boyfriend. And in the first hour, she's talking about how her father was not there for her and how his absence caused her to act out in certain ways and engage in toxic relationships. I mean, she she goes she goes in on him. Um, She's not angry. She just sounds sad. Um, the next hour, Selah is talking about her relationship with her mom and the spankings or beatings she would get and how her mom was an, an angry person. And as you listen to Selah, you can't help but, but feel for her. I mean, she's clearly hurt. She's clearly not at peace. And the fact that she is sharing all of this with, with strangers and not close family or close friends is also very telling so after she makes this video social media goes crazy and of course people are making comments and the commentary becomes so loud that Sayla makes another IG live where she chastises social media for villainizing her father and 
criticizing her mom, even though she was the one that initiated the conversation. So she comes to the defense of her parents and the emotional contrast between both videos is very interesting because like I said in the first video, she doesn't hold back. I mean, Selah even goes as far as to say, and I'm paraphrasing, quote, like, I don't know God because I don't know my dad. I can't trust God because I can't trust my dad. Now that's a big statement and it shows the level she places her dad or fatherhood on. However, my epiphany is not about Selah specifically. It's about a bigger conversation about single parent households and the term daddy issues. I've always liked disliked this term because it creates a negative assumption, a negative generalization about people, more specifically women, more specifically black women who grow up without their fathers. Um, as someone who did not grow up with their father, my experience was not like Selah's at all. Um, even though my father was not around, I never felt that I lacked anything. Um, I was raised by my mom and she created a safe and loving space for me and my siblings. And I understood that my father's absence said nothing about who I would become. His problems had nothing to do with me. And my relationship with God didn't waver. I believed even then that an absence of a man was not an absence of God. And I knew that God was in our home. I believe, I personally believe that we are all made in God's image and we all carry a piece of divinity. And my dad not being there didn't make that any less true for me. Um, and I never had any anger against my dad. And I believe that had a lot to do with my mom. Um, whenever I wanted to know details about my dad, she would tell me. If ever I had a question, she would tell me. But she never spoke ill of him. And trust me, there was a lot she could have said, okay? There was a lot she could have said about my dad that I found out, you know, later on about. But she never spoke of him with anger or, or resentment. She only talked about how me and my siblings were her biggest blessings. And obviously that could not have happened without my father. Even though my father did not help to cultivate my life, he is the genesis for it, and for that I am forever grateful because I would not show up as I do with without him. Um, my gratitude does not absolve him of his fatherly responsibilities, but I'm not angry. Um, I wasn't broken. I'm not broken, but the world kept trying to tell me that I was. The world was implying that I had quote-unquote daddy issues before they even knew me. And this is the problem. The world tells young people like Selah and myself and many others that since our fathers are not in the home, that we are broken. They teach us that we are broken before we even begin our lives. From the beginning, we are fighting against statistics and naysayers and fuck that. Like, it's not fair, you know? We need to stop telling our young people they are broken or imply that they will be problems because that's simply not true. 
Um, I remember a story that a friend told me. And my friend, she is also raised um, in a single parent household. She's also raised by her mom. And my friend had an older cousin. And this older cousin had a very close relationship with her mom. And her older cousin is a part-time pastor. And one day, the older cousin comes by to visit her mom and to deliver a book. And in this book, it spoke about all of the negative things her mom should be expecting when raising children without a father. And my friend's mom took that book, tossed it away, and told the older cousin to not bring that reading material into her home again. And thank God that she did. Thank God she didn't you know, believe all that hype. You know what I'm saying? And this story is an example of what happens in our world where young people are conditioned to believe that they will have daddy issues and be mentally, emotionally unstable. Um, And as a young person, I blocked all that negativity out because it was bullshit, right? They weren't going to tell me who I would become. I would not be defined by my father's issues. Um... I refused to accept their toxic message that I was incomplete. I just knew it wasn't true. Um, I went to school with peers who had both parents, and many of my peers had emotional challenges. They needed a lot more help than I did, and they had both of their parents. So it honestly varies. We have to be mindful of the messages we are sending We have to be mindful not to assume the worst all because someone is raised without their father. Now, are there folks out there who had a traumatic experience because their dad was not around? Sure. But that's not everyone's story. We cannot lead with a single narrative or expectation because it's doing more harm than good. Um, And people, it's funny, people would think that me and my brothers or like my family, that we were an anomaly because we were doing so well, which is so crazy to think about. Like my family was not an exception, right? There are so many other families just like mine, but we don't hear those stories. Now, I don't want to make it sound like fathers are not important or that a two-parent household is bad. That's not what I'm saying. Fathers are important, And a two-parent household where both parents are present and consistent and loving and responsible is a beautiful thing. All I'm saying is don't teach our young people that they are broken before they even begin their journey. Instead, we should be consistent and enthusiastic when reminding them that they have everything they need to succeed already inside of them. That they can be anything. Your father wasn't there. Your mother wasn't around. Maybe you were raised by your grandparents or a guardian. And I wouldn't deny that that can present its own challenges. But it says nothing about who you are or who you will be. You can do it. You're already amazing. This is what we should be saying. When we don't say these things, young people believe that they are not enough and that they lack something. And then they grow into adults who operate as victims. For example, Selah 
was talking about how she made poor decisions and that's because her dad wasn't there and she didn't demonstrate like there wasn't a strong demonstration of accountability as an adult we have the power to make decisions as adults we cannot continue to blame an absent parent for a poor choice that we made or continuously make At some point, we have to take responsibility for what we decide to do. We have to take our power back and assume control over our lives because at the end of the day, it is our life. So we have to do better. You know, we have to open the conversation and not lead with a single story about quote unquote daddy issues. And with that said... Um, It's time to open the conversation up by inviting my guest, my very first guest on my weekly epiphany. I'm so excited. Now, I told you that I will be bringing guests on the show who I think are awesome and amazing, and I'm sure you will not know who these people are, and that's what I like. Um, There are so many amazing people out there who are not famous or well-known, and I like introducing cool new people on my podcast. So with that said, let me introduce my first guest. Yo, 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 yo. Hey! Yes, yes, yes. I'm so excited. Okay. So, let me me introduce you. Yeah, introduce you. Hello, friends. So, my first guest is someone I've known my entire life. He's an artist, therapist, entrepreneur, activist. But above all, he is my big brother, Ephraim. That's that's my gunshots in the air. <laughs> Your sounds a lot better than mine does, but I'm honored to have you as my first guest. Hey, man, I'm honored you allowed me on this thing. You know how I, how I can get, so I appreciate you taking the risk. <laughs> Listen, <laughs> it definitely is risky, okay? It hey, definitely, and you know, you I'm signed there. a waiver. Soft. Oh my god, you signed a waiver. So, we oh could. my god, I told I told my friends that are listening um, that I pick people that I feel are amazing and interesting, oh, and so you're oh. one of those people. Oh man, that means a lot. That really does. Thank you. It should mean a lot because, you know. Because you're the bomb. I am. I am. I am. But I'm so happy to have you on. And um, you're going to go through more of my accolades in in detail now? Are you going to do that later? Or what you want me to do? You know what I'm saying? Like, I was going to um, introduce the topic for you. Okay. Uh, I'll just say a quick spiel and then, you know. You, you do your thing, you know? Beautiful. Um, yeah, so Ephraim Bryant, L.A. native, uh, by day, 
a therapist, social worker, licensed uh, licensed clinician, uh, been in, in that game for 10 years. In addition to that, by night, I am a songwriter, singer, um, MC. I have two projects that are going to be released by the end of 2020. And I'm also uh, president and uh, founder of the nonprofit core contributors group. We are a nonprofit collective that uh, are empowering local community organizations and individuals with uh, direct financial endorsements to kind of boost them or sustain them or to put them over the top in terms of whatever their focus is, whether it be education, whether it be health and wellness, whether it be um, addressing homelessness, we try to cover the gambit. We try to focus on local folks that you wouldn't necessarily see on TV or hear about on the radio. We, you know, we boost it up when it comes to our black and brown people um, because we definitely understand the importance of empowering each other. So, yeah, man, I got a lot going on, and I'm happy to be here with you. Come on, promotion. You better let them know, E. Yeah, you let know. them know what you're about, son. I do a little, I'm trying to do a little bit more. I'm trying to do a little bit more, you know. I do what I can when I can. Look at you. Just just out here. Be like you, a man. renaissance man. Trying to be like you, man. You know, help, help the kids write some write some, write some books, you know, motivate the world. Try to be like you. <laughs> I appreciate that. Mm. Well, we're going to jump into our topic. Um, So the topic is on the idea of daddy issues, and it was inspired by Mm -hmm. Selah Marley and her Instagram live video where she was talking about personal family issues and um, her relationship with her dad and her mom, too. Um, so my question to you, my first question is, um, well, before, before I even get to that, um, I wanted to bring you on because as my brother, we grew up being raised by our mother without our father. Mm -hmm. And I spoke about in the previous segment about how my experience was very different from Selah Marley's. Um, but as a man, I wanted to hear your perspective. So, what do you think of the term daddy issues? Um, I think over time it's had become um, associated with more and more negative uh, tropes and um, uh, stereotypes. So that already you're kind of approaching it at a disadvantage when you're trying to be objective on it, um, at least from where I'm standing. I would say the, the idea of daddy issues. There are issues that are that are connected to people who have who, who that there are issues that can be connected to people who are growing up with either a an, an impaired or uh, a strained relationship with their their father or a non-existent relationship with their father because of whatever reason. So that you know limits or um, taints their a person's understanding of a male a man and what roles uh you associate with them so i think that that can happen do i think that that you know i do but i also think that people can use it like as a weapon 
to um, bring somebody down or uh, make excuses for why maybe something relationship didn't work out. So, I mean, it really depends on what perspective and how you're looking at the phrase. Like, you know. Right. No, I think that's true. And I mean, it's kind of off topic, but not really. I think daddy issues is really associated with black women. Gotcha. Um, and, gotcha. you know, oh, the, the, first of all, there's an assumption that you must not have been raised with your father. And then there's an assumption that, oh, you're this toxic person who, you know, mm -hmm. has all these issues and problems. And I think it's just so interesting how it's now tied to black women and uh, it, in terms of dating and things like that. And we're already seen as a headache before we even <laughs> put mm -hmm. our foot in the door. So mm -hmm. I think that very problematic i do see what you're saying like i do see that it you know can be more often associated with with black women and you know women of color most specifically black women um yeah and that's fucked up that's fucked up <laughs> yeah. you know, there's no other way to say it um I don't think I limit it to that, but I I definitely understand that that's the general knee jerk default response is you know is looking at the black woman when you think of somebody that has daddy issues. Um, and yeah, and it pisses me off. Oh, it it makes me highly annoyed, highly upset. But that's like. A whole. You, I don't want to go into a rant because you know that I can. You rant never. Hush. <laughs> um, I think that um, if you have a feeling about it, I mean, express it. I don't think there's anything wrong with it. I don't think. I I I I understand why it would hurt the feelings of somebody you know of a black woman, um, because. Anything that's negative or, or weighty or inconveniencing or um, shit, you know, degrading or um, attacking you guys' spirit is always, you know, it's associated with y'all. And I feel for you. I feel for you. Uh, um, but I do believe that there are. Um, justifications for the term in a clinical setting but when it's kind of narrowed down to to the black woman like i said i think it's it's weaponized and that's when yeah. you start getting yourself into these into muddy hurtful waters and i think that's kind of more so what you're responding to I agree. I agree with you said completely. Like when we we're talking about from a clinical standpoint, you know, um, mental health wise, like there is, you know, there's an understanding of that term. And, you know, you can see the, you know, the, valid the validity, I, I suppose, in that term. Um, but it, it's just attached to the, the rest of the negative conversations that swirl around Black women. And right, uh, is this an extra weight to carry? Yes, hundred percent. 
Um, but going on with that, this idea of daddy issues and talking about Selah Marley, I wanted to know what was your experience like being raised without our father? Uh, was it similar to Selah or no? You know, I could have a, I'm speaking at it from a woman's perspective, a black woman's perspective. Uh, but then again, I did have our mom who was able to model black womanhood for me, right? So our experiences could be completely different. Um, so I just wanted to hear about what your experience was like and if it connected to to Selah's. I mean, my my perspective is, I don't want to say is 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 uncommon, but by the time our father was out of the picture, I was kind of relieved and comfortable with moving into a quote unquote leadership space. Um, I didn't feel like the paternal figure, but I did feel like I was assuming some sort of parental reinforcement. So, um, but I was okay with it. Like I was, I was like, fuck, all right, cool. Um, but as I get older, you know, as a, as a grown man, um, I definitely have my moments where I, I wonder what it would have been like to have a consistent male figure in my space as I was figuring life out early on. Um, right. And I think it hits me more as I'm older mm -hmm. um, that, damn, that would have been cool. You know, it would be cool to be able to feel comfortable about communicating with our father in a, you know, in an intimate way about, you know, life. That would be really uh, fucking cool right now. Mm -hmm. You know, efforts have been made um, and, you know, where, wherever, where it is right now is cool. You know, it's, uh, it's respectful. It's, you know, it's, um, it's cool where, where it is right now. But what it could have been, I definitely am aware of it. Just, you know, looking at how some of my homeboys that did have a male figure or their, you know, paternal figure in the home. Um, I see how that element plays into them, their, 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 their humanness. Um, but at the same Can you give me an example? Um, I guess, I mean, the, the one person that's coming to mind, I won't say their name, but we, we went to undergraduate uh, together. Uh, he's, we were in the same class. He, he grew up with, he's got an older, older brother, younger brother, younger sister, uh, you know both male and female uh, parental figures in the home uh, when he was coming up, from what I understand. And I just see a different uh, 
presence. Um, I don't know if I can really put it in, in more words than that. Like, it's just a different presence when, you know, you're around somebody that And it's like a, you feel a, a type, a certain type of reassurance. And again, I'm also talking about people that I believe have had positive experiences with their uh, f- father or parental figure. So I'm assuming that that's the, the the demographic that I'm looking at. You know, because you can have a, a male in the in the household and it'd be chaotic, traumatic. Right. Assuming that it's, you know, somebody, a decent male. Um, I've, I believe that I, I've seen it kind of play out with some of my, you know, like I said, uh, my homeboys, my 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 comrades that I've uh, encountered thus far. And I can kind of tell the ones that have had a consistent male figure there's a a weight to them that I may not always see with my friends who you know didn't have a consistent male figure again that's not a rule that's just I can I pick up on that more often than not. Um, Interesting. But I look at my and when I look at my upbringing, it's like I don't think I feel like. Well, sometimes I do. Sometimes I do. You know, feel like I missed. Uh, some of that weight that um, a, a male presence can bring like is a different kind of reassurance and it doesn't mean that I feel like I lacked anything but and even as you're asking me like the shit is hitting me like I'm mm-hmm. thinking about it very in the moment and I'm like yeah I guess I, I'm curious as to what that would have been like to have that man space in the mm-hmm. house mm-hmm. You know? I've been surrounded by women everywhere. Like, I got six aunties, you know. I got two. <laughs> Most of my friends are, you know, are females, and they're all very, you know, strong, empowered females. And I fucking love it. I love it. I love it. Um, but I do wonder what it would have been like to have that designated masculine energy mm-hmm. right consistently right, right, right. available to me um yeah that's as honest as i can be no and i appreciate that honesty that uh level of vulnerability and just you know speaking to what your experience is and the honest thoughts and questions that have come to your mind like what would have what would it have been like to have that masculine energy, positive masculine energy um, is interesting. Cause when you're talking about, you know, how you've seen, you can see differences 
when looking at your friends, mm-hmm. right? Um, and it made me, I kind of think about our times or our, our days at, at Chadwick mm-hmm. and how, I don't know about your classmates, but in terms of my classmates and things that I would see, it was like, here are these very wealthy kids Mm -hmm. from two parent households and a good number of them had their emotional issues or were emotionally hollow. And there were so many times where I felt blessed that even if I didn't have, you know, uh, that masculine energy, um, that I did have a parent that was steady and consistent and and loving and present. Mm -hmm. Um, And that I felt like I was getting something from our mom that some of my classmates weren't getting from their, both of their parents. No doubt. And they had had both their parents. So I think there is something to be said about having a positive, again, a positive, masculine energy around you um man just a positive uh a positive parental guide period whether it's masculine or feminine if you're consistent with your presence if you're you know positive and reassuring then you know that's going to be a predictor for greater success for that child whether it's a man or a woman you know you took the words right out of my mouth. That is exactly where I was going. I was trying to you like tread lightly into the transition and just, you know, let the let our friends know that we're not trying to take away from the importance of of a father. Oh no, of course not. That you know, uh, I definitely understand that. And you know, if and when I, you know, I, I reproduce on this earth and have that blessing, you know, I, I'm gonna. I'm going to rock out and do what I can to, you know, be as half the parent that our mother was. But it doesn't mean that if I wasn't around that, that child would not be able to um, grow into and, and, you know, tap into its its greatest, its greatest potential. You know, I believe in a, I like to believe in a higher power that kind of um, allows for us to um, make up when there may be, uh, a physical lacking somewhere where you know whether it's financial whether it's the, the parental whether it's situational you know i like to believe that god the universe whatever you want to call it is you know um, loyal to those who are diligent so right right yeah. no i'm i'm right there with you right there with you yeah. and um you were talking about like when our father was gone, when he left, this feeling of, I guess, relief. I don't want to put words into your mouth, but um, I know that. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Would that not be the appropriate word? I mean, yeah, it was a little bit of that. It was relief because around this time, like, I really wasn't, I wasn't fucking with him. Like, I wasn't really <laughs> feeling him. <laughs> In, in our space right right for sure for sure like you guys were, you, you guys were younger but i remember some of those times and they weren't they weren't fun right you know and i did not yeah i did i i, I did not feel like 
those I'll just say those times were not they weren't fun. Sometimes I enjoy just kicking it, you know, kicking it with him, you know, but most of the time I was just trying not to scare him. I mean, I try not to piss him off and try not to create no issue and hoping that, not, you know, there wasn't any issue between him and my mom. So when he was out the pitch, I was like, fuck, all right, well, at least we can have a little peace and figure out whatever, whatever is our situation is going to be now with a little bit more relief. Right. So, right. You know, I mean, I don't remember those those days. Like, I have no recollection of him at all, um, except for just one memory that stands out in my mind. But I just remember, you know, you know, mom pulling me to the side after I graduated from high school, and she was explaining to me, you know, why he was not around. And I just remember feeling so grateful. I remember feeling so happy that he was not there because I feel like it would have caused a lot more emotional instability could have been more financial instability uh, you never know but I just remember feeling so grateful um, and really understanding you know was that the first time I I had a conversation about it yeah, that was yeah, that was the first time we had a conversation about it. I didn't know any details until after I graduated high school. Gotcha. Yeah, that's about right. That's what she did with me. Yeah, and I she did the same thing with with Ez. So, and I just remembered that that feeling of of gratitude, and you know, because having this one parent who was so loving and consistent. I mean, really, you know, it was it was everything. And, Nigga, that was God. That's what I keep. That's what I'm saying. Like there was no, there's no other way to put it. Like she really was a like an all star. Like she was right. <laughs> like, like not even putting extras on it. Like I like the things that did, yeah, man. Like she was fuck. She yeah. she's she's the goat. She's the goat. She's the goat. She's the goat. She really is the goat. She's man. the like, goat. For real. And, you know. So yeah, I I I'm with you on that. I totally I'm totally with you. Um, in terms of the relief, because I know that this was way more consistent, way more ba- way more stable than what was going on. You know. Right. So, and then enhanced by. I guess our mom's willingness to just her natural caregiver, patient, like just there for everybody else kind of personality really made her made for an excellent teacher. You know what I mean? And she got to live her life. Right. I think that that's, you know, that's something that's really needs to be acknowledged. She lived her life. Like she lived well, like she got to experience a lot of shit and accomplish a lot of shit. So transitioning into caregiving for somebody, something else makes that that much better, I think, or that much more effective because you can see some things. Right. I agree. I totally agree. And um, I just remember just feeling even more affirmed for my life and my purpose because I'm just like, you know what? Our father couldn't give more than he could. 
you know, mm-hmm. and for yeah. to to want someone to give more than they could get, right? That's where the the frustration is coming from or can come right. from. And it's like, you know, right. you can't pull from an empty well. Like he right. he knew what he knew, right? He, and it does not absolve him of his responsibilities as a father, but it puts things into perspective. So there is no right. anger. There is no, no, no bitterness. It just kind of, it is what it is. It is and it I'm is. just like, I am supposed to be here. Right. Cause even though he did not know how to be a father, who knows, he probably wasn't really, he, I'm sure he didn't see himself being with our mother for as long as he, as he was, or, you know, getting married and doing all that type of stuff. Um, He didn't know that he was part of a, of a bigger picture, which was to bring us into the world. Um, Well, thank you for that, sir. Thank you. Thank God for you. You know, thank you for helping. Shout out out to the niggas going wrong. Okay. Shout out to all of you. You are, you are helping the universe evolve. Okay, you are producing more Bethany's and more um, right. Ephraims out there. You don't, you right. don't know what you're doing. Some of you niggas need to wear a trophy. Some of y'all need to wear the, wear that rubber a little tighter. A little. The rest of y'all. Listen, that's a whole other podcast. Another cop. Okay, all right, all right. Cool. Whole other yeah. podcast, but it's just some of y'all niggas need to work on your pull out, pull out, yeah. nigga, pull out. Pull, listen, if you don't know how to pull out, it it. don't. It's not worth it, bro. It's not worth it. Like, don't say you can you can pull out and you can't. You're not the one. You know, don't don't do it. You only love it while you're in it. You, know? <laughs> you only love it while you're in it. And then two minutes later, it's like, listen. You want me to get your Uber exactly. black or? Listen, that's a mm-hmm. that is that is a whole other podcast. It's go, it's on the docket. It's on the docket. Don't it's our pencil me in. But um, yeah, it just it just affirmed everything for me, and um, I'm just so grateful to be. Because I do not have to be, and I feel like you know, if God used this person who you know is our father to help bring me into um, the here and now, I'm all I'm here. For, I'm amen. I'm here. I'm here for it. Um. So, with that said, what is your epiphany in regards to our father or daddy issues or parenthood? Like, what is your epiphany? Uh shit. Um I wouldn't even really call it an epiphany. It's just, you know, people are everybody's just trying to figure it out. Mm-hmm. That's really my epiphany. Like as I get older, I look at the kind of ambitious spirit that I had when I was like 10 years ago and then five years ago. And then now it's like where, you know, as you move more into this adult shit, it's like, you're really just, you're trying to, you're just figuring shit out. (laughs) You don't, you don't know what you're coming here with. You don't know what tools you got that are going to work to your advantage and which ones you're going to need to switch out. Life is teaching you that shit as you go along and you're gonna you you're you're fucking shit up as you go along <laughs> and you know you're the the thing that sucks is sometimes in the midst of you fucking shit up you're fucking up the shit for other 
individuals who haven't gotten to where you're at yet. And you just, you do what you know to do. I don't, you know, and I don't, I don't know if that's really considered an epiphany as more as just the reality of like, we're all just trying to figure it out, you know? And so, you know, spending time being upset or hurt or stuck on something it's not doing you any good. It's not doing the person any good that you, you know, you're extending this energy towards, even if it is, you know, your father, your mother, whoever. Um, I think that's that's wasting your time. Um, even if what they did was fucked up, even even if how you feel is justified, just don't stay there. Um, yeah. So um, when it comes to daddy issues, you you know. Whether you believe in that phrase, you don't believe in that phrase, it doesn't have to rule you. It doesn't have to define um, who you are as a as a as a soul. Um, and I think that that's what you might want to keep in mind is, you know, whether you're looking at it from a clinical standpoint or just more of a layperson, you know, popular term that is is turned into you have the have the ability to kind of redefine how you're seen um and how you show up in the world so if your pops wasn't there um that does not automatically mean that you are lacking so i think that that would be another part of the epiphany that i would share is that just because one piece that, you know, came with everybody else's, uh, you know, manual that came with everybody else's uh, box ain't in your particular box doesn't mean that you can't create something special and that you can't maximize and reach your potential. Amen. That ties very well into my epiphany, which is it's echoing yours. Um, and my epiphany is, you know, don't adopt a narrative that doesn't apply to you. Um, being raised in a single parent household, I could have easily adopted the idea that I was incomplete or broken. Um, and I'm so thankful for my ability to understand that what society was saying did not apply to me. Um, and a lot of it was bullshit. Um, and I, I didn't drink the Kool-Aid. Um, if someone else had a different experience, I respect their experience and I don't seek to invalidate it. I just know that their story is not my story. Um, and just to my listeners, you are not incomplete if you are, you know, in the similar situation that, you know, me and my brother have been talking about, you are not incomplete. You at all at all you are whole and you are perfect as you are um Back. your parents absence or mistakes um are not yours to carry um so i just want you all to keep that in mind and i want to um thank Ephraim for joining me as my first guest yeah. thank you for coming through <laughs> and dropping gems um can you let the people know where they can find you uh okay 
if you want that hot shit. No, oh my uh, God. Follow me on uh, all, my social media is Love Logic, L O V E L O G I Q. On the Instagrams, you can find me on Bandcamp, love, uh, lovelogic.bandcamp.com. I think it's my joint. Um, you can download my music wherever you stream, but I prefer that you purchase because these streams is killing, killing my pockets. Um, if you want to contribute to the nonprofit that is empowering organizations and individuals in the Los Angeles community, uh, then hi. Uh-oh. I hope that was, it sounds like it was a technical difficulty. I don't know. Postmates, I'm going to have to sign off because my Postmates is here. At... Wow. So know. your Postmates I... just interrupted, just interrupted the recording. My promotion, I don't know where it stopped. Like, where did it stop? It stopped at if people would like to donate oh. or contribute. contribute. They can go to, uh, they can hit me up at, at uh, ccg4u.org or they hit me up at core contributors group, dot at, at gmail.com. Yeah. Spelling be champion, motherfuckers. Oh, I was about to say that was a lot of letters. Thank you very much. That was a. I'm very proud of you for yeah. for not reciting only, that. Not only was my mother in an excellent parent, but she was a hell of an editor. Made me feel bad about all my papers. Made me feel like I wasn't shit until I became <laughs> shit when it came to spelling. Bitches. Expand, Ephraim. Expand. 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 Lord have mercy. She put well, more red marks on my paper than my teachers did. I'm like, because <laughs> she knew you was bullshit. She knew you was bullshit. But anyways, with that, we are going to sign off. Thank you to our friends for tuning in this week. Uh, be back next Monday for another episode of my weekly epiphany. Peace, friends. Wait, I'm not getting no check for this shit. Bye, Ephraim. Yeah. Hey, friends. Thanks for listening. Please tune in every Monday for a new episode of My Weekly Epiphany. You can learn more about me at bethanyepiphany.com or follow me on Instagram at beepiphany. That's B-E-P-I-F-A-N-I. Until next time. Stay cool, stay safe, and God bless.